So welcome again. So I'm going to give a short message. Some of it I'm going to read from a, a Christmas letter that I wrote that will be sent out to everyone. Then I'll, I'll make some comments along the way. But I'll start with a conversation I had with a man a couple weeks ago. And he said to me, clearly we're living in apocalyptic times. And I said, well, tell me what you mean by that. And he said, well, you know, the war in the Middle East, the war in the Ukraine, the climate crisis, and all the tribalism in the world. He said, I sincerely believe that the world is coming to an end very shortly. And I said, I don't think so. He said, well, why don't you think so? And I said, because of Christmas. And he looked at me and said, what do you mean by that? I said, well, what does Christmas celebrate? It's not just about a baby in a manger. It's not just about some sentimental celebration. It celebrates God's absolute entry into time and space. God's absolute entry into the human arena, into human history. And I said, if that's true, and I sincerely believe that's true, then what that means is that God is the Lord of history. Regardless of what it looks like at this moment in time, God is the Lord of history. And eventually God is going to bring history to its conclusion, meaning the full embodiment of the Christ consciousness in time and space. In other words, love and light are going to win because God is the Lord of history. So in that spirit, I'll read you a quote from Teilhard de Chardin. He was a scientist and a Jesuit priest, and he taught a lot about the evolution of the human race. Quote, Christmas is the day on which humanity celebrates the birth of the most humble and the most powerful of beginnings, the Christ child who is God. It is the day when heaven touches earth and the divine light shines through the darkness of our world. Yes, the birth of Christ proclaims a profound truth. God became one of us. And this means that God entered into the drama of human history. Now, I want you to take that on two levels. God entered into the drama of the collective history of humankind, but he also entered into the drama of our individual histories. God is embedded in everything and in everyone at some level. 
We can never be where God is not. St. Bonaventure said, God is a circumference that has no limits, yet God's center is everywhere. God entered the drama of human history and our lives not as a passive observer, but as the guiding force within the evolution of humankind on planet Earth. Whether we are referring to princes, presidents, or everyday people, we are not ultimately in charge of the evolutionary process. You know, in Christianity, they talk about the lordship of Jesus. And I'm going to interpret that through Yogananda's lens. What they're referring to is the Christ consciousness. And the Christ consciousness is the lordship, so to speak, because it is the Christ consciousness, the mind and the heart and the being of God in history, in time and space, that is leading everything towards its ultimate conclusion, towards its ultimate evolution, towards an ultimate divinization. We all have our parts to play in this drama, but we are not in charge of the drama. The politicians are not in charge of the drama. The billionaires are not in charge of the drama. God is in charge of the drama, and ultimately God is guiding the course of our collective evolution and our individual evolution. That's what that whole concept of the Lordship of Jesus means. It's underscoring the role and the force and the grace of Christ consciousness, the Krishna consciousness, the mind of God permeating creation. Therefore, a little humility is very helpful. So we are not ultimately in charge of the evolutionary process. This is God's doing. It was in this spirit that Dr. Martin Luther King stated, quote, the arch, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. The arc of the moral universe, which is the Christ consciousness, bends towards justice. In the end, truth, beauty, and goodness will prevail. Simply across the immensity of time, the loving force of God's truth, beauty, and goodness is slowly emerging within human history, even in the midst of the present darkness. This is not the context of the talk, but if I had time and if this were another talk, I would point out all the positive elements of human evolution that we are experiencing. In spite of our challenges and troubles, this is the very best time in human history to be alive. It's the very best time. It's the most challenging time in some way, but it's also the very best time. If I were alive three or four hundred years ago, let's say in Europe, let's say in Spain, and I was trying to do the Assisi Institute there, the way I'm doing it here, I would have been burned at the stake. We are evolving. 
Clearly, wars and injustices do not arise from God's heart, but from our hearts. Yet the absolute power of God is continually working to bring good out of all circumstances. It's not that we don't have free will. We do, and we exercise that free will. And a large part of the time, we exercise it in the wrong way. God's power is God's love. And God's love is not limited by our choices. So God can work within the context of our decisions without ever violating our free will to bring out the highest good. And God is and will bring out the highest good within human history. The human mind that is limited uh, cannot, I think, perceive that, conceive of that. But God is working to bring the highest good out of everything. This does not mean, however, that you and I do not have a role to play in the unfolding of God's designs for humanity. We do. As Yogananda tells us, quote, I urge you to celebrate truly the birth of Jesus by realizing within yourself his universal love, forgiveness, character, renunciation, and devotion, and by feeling the Christ love for all brother races and all living creatures. End of quote. When our hearts are aglow with that Christ impulse, with love, our hearts become an axis around which the city of God is being fashioned within time and space. I want you to think about that. When our hearts are soaked and filled with that divine life, that Christ impulse, they become an, ax an axis, a center, around which God is building the city of God brick by brick, stone by stone, one day at a time. Clearly, wars and injustices do not arise from God's heart, but from our hearts. Yet the absolute power of God's love is continually working to bring good out of all circumstances. Therefore, we must, we must constantly endeavor to safeguard the joy that is born of God's love. The dark powers attempting to poison human history want us to fall prey to despair because this is how they have their way with us. A joyless world is a hellish world. Joy is the antidote to history's monstrous nightmares. Yogananda tells us that God is ever new joy. One of Francis of Assisi's disciples came to him and complained about how dark the world was almost a thousand years ago. And just the influence of the devil. And he was teetering on despair. And he said to 
to Francis, what do I do? And Francis gave him a very simple but beautiful response. Cultivate joy. Cultivate joy. Joy is not a denial of the suffering. But if that despair overwhelms us, what do we have to give the world? Nothing. The world needs hope. Hope arises from joy. In the Catholic world, today is the third day, the third Sunday of Advent. See if I can get the Latin word right. It's Gaudate? Gaudate Sunday. And what that is in Latin, it's the command to be joyful. It's the command to be joyful. Joy is like a bright light that extinguishes the darkness. And some days we have to cho choose to be joyful. We have to look for the good. We have to celebrate the good. We have to pray and meditate and pull that joy out of the depths of our soul. We have to make a choice. But again, that joy is the light that extinguishes the, dark, the darkness. I have a quote from Valentin Tomberg on the Christmas miracle. The birth of Christ is not only an event that happened once in history, but a perennial spiritual reality that can be experienced with each human being. We don't just honor Christmas past. Christmas is meant to be a living reality where that Christ impulse that was one with Jesus takes form within us every day of our lives. Christmas is, continuing with the quote, is but a perennial spiritual reality that can be experienced within each human being, an invitation to awaken the Christ consciousness within ourselves. In the birth of Christ, the whole history of humanity is being born anew and in us. I'll close with this thought. Without Mary, without the Blessed Mother, without the Divine Mother, there would be no Christ, there would be no Jesus. And that's true of all the great masters of history, the Buddha, Krishna. They came forth ultimately from the Divine Mother. So to make this Christmas celebration complete and to make its grace complete, we too have to honor the Divine Mother. We have to honor the Blessed Mother. Because it is from her that this Christ consciousness emerges. This Christ impulse is born in each one of us. So I'll close with this prayer that I wrote. Divine Mother, Help us to fix our gaze not on the darkness, but the Christ light. Help us to love this light above all else. Help us to honor and love the bearer of this light, Jesus, with all of our mind, heart, and soul, 
Also help us to honor and love the great souls who reflect this very same light. Babaji, Lahiri Mahashaya, Sri Yukteswar, and Yogananda. Help us to recognize that this light percolates in the depths of our own souls and that we too are called to be light in the midst of darkness. Divine Mother and the Spirit of Christ inspire us to love friend and enemy alike, to serve all of those in need, and to be a force for healing and reconciliation in the world. Divine Mother in all humility, teach us to be nothing but embodied light. Amen.